All right. Let this song breathe a little bit. Like a fine wine <laughs> in a musty space of French salad. This is Barack Lurie, and this is the Lurie Law Podcast. Hoping you're enjoying a beautiful day here in the middle of June. My favorite month. All right. Well, so many fun things to talk about. I want to talk about uh, the notion of really being a critical thinker and, uh, and so many different aspects. So this is, this is kind of a fun part, Ari. Um, with me, Ari David, our wonderful producer. We, we talked about so many different areas before this podcast about how um, you have uh, you just people just fail to think things through. Like I was talking to you about this uh, this um, a bumper sticker might as well be a bumper sticker. It said, you know, don't, you don't like abortion, don't have one. Sounds like a beautiful thing to say. Um, sounds like somebody thought of that this great one liner, and uh, the, the good folks at Naral no doubt said, run with it. You know, send this uh, out, and 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 it, that's this is what we're all about. It's about choice. Don't have one if you don't like it. Now leave us alone, okay? But the problem with it, had they actually thought about it, is you can make the same argument about about anything. Uh, don't like murder, don't commit murder. Don't like theft, don't don't steal. Don't like insider trading, don't uh, engage in insider trading. Don't want to get blown up by the Boston bombers at a marathon? Don't get blown up by... It's like the Steve Martin uh, right. joke about being a millionaire and not paying taxes. I forgot. I, yeah, I, <laughs> right. I forgot. Just right. don't do it. So it, it's just purely simple, uh, just... It's actually stupid thinking. It's it's a failure of critical thinking, and and yet they trot this stuff out. And I, you know, I think Ari, as you said, it, it just it's very appealing to many people, and they they just don't think one step further. Not not two steps further. Not three steps further. Just one simple step further. A question to simply say, well, can you apply that to anything else? And the answer just floods you all of a sudden that there's plenty of uh, other ways of doing it. Uh, we were also talking about. Uh, you know that the, I think you were telling me about an interesting article about uh, this one man who decided to, to have a sex change, and he he was a married man, and uh, his wife chose to essentially chose to become a lesbian in the process because, because she, she stayed with she wants to stay after with, with the him. gender reassignment, right? So from a practical standpoint, while it's still the same person, uh, you know that the parts of that uh, of that uh, former former man's body is is like a woman's, and uh, they, they're basically lesbians, and which is fine, uh, but the reality is that she chose to to engage in that lifestyle. Had he not done so, uh, she probably would still be very much a heterosexual. Well, she still is, but she chose to have her, in the article, have her sexual identity evolve because she loved him. Right. Or her, or whatever he is now. And the point is the, that it's... The, the, the interesting thing about the article is two things. Well, I told you a minute ago about whether or not this is a choice versus... The political argument, we constantly hear that it's a way they're born, right. or people are born this way, thus we must be tolerant of them, of them for being born that way, mm-hmm. like uh, someone who's part of an ethnic minority or something. And the other thing that was so interesting about the article that I didn't mention yet is the tone of the article. It lauded her for the tolerance and open-mindedness she demonstrated by making such a choice, right. rather than, uh, or, or I should say, and by extension, seemingly putting a pressure on the reader to, if faced in the same 
place in your life, you will be a bad person if you weren't as enlightened as she. Oh, I'll, I'll take you one step further. I was thinking about this as, as I was running the other day because I'm, I'm always fascinated with the question of what's next. Um, for example, in the gay marriage debate, uh, you may very well be supportive of the gay marriage uh, side of the thing, and um, I understand that reasonable minds can differ on this, but it's very much uh, appropriate to ask the question, okay, what's next? Now, I'm, I'm not even talking about the marginalizing of, uh, you know, say, saying, okay, will you marry your dog and such like that, because by saying that, you're, you're basically, you know, bordering on the ridiculous and such, although I think that is a legitimate question to ask. But, but, but by tone, it can sound like a straw man argument. That's right, by straw man. But, but the, it is not such a stretch to say, well, why not three people? Um, and, and I'm talking about polygamy with three people. What's wrong with that? Um, that is a what's next question. And you can develop a scenario to say, what's next? Uh, their, their response to that is, well, it should always be two loving people. Why? Why should it be only be two loving people? Why if you, what if you love two people equally? What's the definition of loving? Yeah, I mean, why? we've all seen movies with, you know, more extreme versions of um, that's a good point. Love demonstrated yeah, bondage, S and M, etc. Yeah, what is love? torture? Yeah, what what is your version of sex? What? Yeah, Stockholm syndrome, where you love the captor, or was yeah. was the girl in Cleveland in love with that guy, Arius, uh, the the kidnapper? Sure, sure. You, you know, but 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 here here is where I'm going with this. Uh, the the what next question is very important. I was thinking as I was running earlier. Uh, I get a lot of good thoughts when I'm when I'm running, exercising. I think a lot of us do. But I was thinking, like, what's next in our culture? Um, it, will there be a time that the the gay rights movement will be so prevalent that people will say, fifteen years hence, twenty years hence, that you're not enlightened unless you've tried? homosexual behavior, a homosexual act. They already do that now. In the, in the no, sex education of some schools, public ones, I've heard stories where they actually make those statements, i.e., you cannot judge this until you've... You've tried it. Tried. But, but it's different. Uh, no, there's, there's a strong cultural pressure going on. Okay. So, Remember, so we're not allowed in those schools, so the stories we hear, uh, reports, are, is that it's getting quite extreme. I understand. Okay, so look, the the point is, but that, but the point is, you're right. That is the future. That's the, that's our future to yeah. say, like, in the same way that you, if you've never, uh, it's almost like saying, uh, if you haven't done drugs, you can't judge whether or not they're well, something but, but, like but, that. Yeah, it's a fair comment, but but uh, that's equating homosexuality to, to engaging in drugs, and I think people would would balk at that comparison. But I'm thinking of like in the same way that we think of uh, premarital sex right now. Uh, if if you met somebody and they said, "Well, I I, I don't want uh, I don't want to have sex until I'm married," uh, you might say, "Okay, well, you're not really you know enjoying what life has to offer." Or let's say maybe a better example is that they'll make the example of uh, trying homosexuality in the same way as you should go and visit Europe, you know, and and see what the world is like. You know, don't stay in your hometown, don't stay in in your home state. You should go visit in different countries and experience different foods, uh, and, and I think that will be the the equivalent in the future. That yeah. if you are just engaging in homo heterosexual lifestyle, well, then you're really limiting yourself, my friend. And uh, not only a question of judgment, but it's just no. It's it, sad, you know sad for you that you haven't experienced these things. How do you know if you're gay or not? 
Yeah. And until you you've actually you're tried. How, how do you Maybe you'll like it. How do you know you're not attracted until children, until you've come to the NAMBLA meeting? And oh, my God. That's it, terrible. You know, but that's the next step. Yeah. You, you know, the point is your imagination can run wild with things that were previously considered by past generations as deviant or potentially but, 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 deviant. But, but, let, but let me, let me, let us make a completely, uh, complete distinction here because your, your point is well taken. But on the other hand, I do want to make a distinction here that homosexual behavior versus pedophilia, two very different things. Right. Absolutely. Um, and one is, you know, acceptable in society and, and, and that's, and that's perfectly fine. Pedophilia, utterly un, unacceptable to anybody, whether they're gay or straight uh, or bi or whatever. But, I, I'm just, you know, it's one thing to, to accept homosexuality and I guess we, we need to, it, it, it's a reality on the ground, so to speak. Um, but at the same time to be told in the future and it will be in the future, just like we said, that you will not really be a complete person. You will not have experienced what life has to offer unless you yourself engage in this. And I, I, I see that in the future. It's a fascinating thing. Yeah. Um, well, I, I don't know. I, I'm very, uh, I'm, I'm concerned about that in some ways uh, because, well, in many ways. Uh, and, and right now, when you when you say you're straight, no one's going to judge you. Yeah. Well, you know, it's no one's going to say though? say to you, you're straight. You're straight. That's yeah. it. They, they, and they'll say, well, you have you tried? No. Well, how do you know? Right. Soon, the future that you're talking about, the potential hypothetical mm -hmm. future, straight could someday become. Equivalent of square in the negative. Don't be uh, a square. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, the uh, same way that, that you haven't traveled to Europe. Right. You're, yeah. you're, you're, you don't you're, like traveling. How do you know? You yeah. haven't seen this place or that place. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's interesting. It's happening in the opposite direction in certain aspects of life. For instance, sports. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, kids can't play dodgeball. Did you play dodgeball? No, oh, I loved it. Loved it. Yeah. Why? Good throwing arm. Right. Fast reflexes. Winner. Right? right, right. I can understand why kids wouldn't like it, but you know what? Speed up, uh, you know, fatty. You know? Right, right, right. right. <laughs> and, uh, but you're saying not just in the banning of, say, dodgeball, but the banning or the restrictions placed on football. Mm -hmm. There's a concerted effort to remove football from society. Right. You know, who didn't know football was dangerous? Uh, hey, raise your hand out there. If you, did. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> you know, stupidest question ever. It's dangerous. Well, duh. Uh, right. But why do you need endless studies to tell you it's dangerous? We know it's dangerous. Right. But now there's this cultural pressure with the endless studies to remove it from this or that. And now it used to be like when I was a kid. You would try different sports to find the ones you were good at that you might have talent in. Now sports are being removed whole cloth from being tried, i.e., in if you were going to make it analog to sexual behavior, right. from being experimented with. Right. So how can people even find out if that's the sport or not the sport for them? Well, that's a good point. That you're saying and it goes in, it goes in reverse because we live in a society where there should be no risk whatsoever. Except when it comes to sex and drugs. Right. So, um, But and, firearm and can, training? No, no we no, shouldn't absolutely. do that. No, no. Football, we shouldn't do that. Let's uh, go back to the uh, one of the things about uh, the, these bizarre inconsistencies in, in our social structure. One is, and we talked about this before the podcast, Ari, was the um, this notion of you're hardwired, uh, and that's what brought up that topic of the, the man who uh, had a sex change and his wife. Um, that were hardwired sexual, uh, sexuality-wise. And if you're gay, well, then it's not a choice. It's not a choice. It's not a choice. I get that. I understand that. And I, you, know, you and I both know enough uh, uh, gay people that, uh, that it's clear. 
that they are gay. Okay. Yeah. And I also understand that but, as far as choice goes, in that particular case, that woman happened to be in love with that person right. who went right. through that procedure. So it's not exactly a... No, no, I, 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 but your, no, your point is actually well taken, and I'm going to go there, because there, there are such people that we talked about that they're strictly gay, and that's the way they are, just like you're strictly heterosexual, and that's the way you are. Okay, the, the, the idea of having a, a gay man, for certain gay men, for certain gay men, the idea of having sex with a woman is just as foreign to them, just as... It's just an alien idea. It just an doesn't alien compute. idea that does not compute. They yeah. cannot fathom that concept. Uh, they would, they would feel, they would have actually experienced revulsion, in the same way that you and I would experience revulsion with the idea of a gay experience. As so, you feel my uh, feet with yours well, under this. This is table. this is a podcast that no one can see. So you know, no one can see the irony uh, at play here. Anyway, uh, the the point is uh, that you have, uh, but the reality is there's a spectrum, and the the the, the liberal uh, media will, will, will tout that spectrum. And here's where the inconsistency is. Here's where the, the bald lie is. You, know, you can't have it both ways. You can't say on the one hand that it's not a choice and on the other hand say that homosexuality is a spectrum. Because if it's, if it's a spectrum, then that implies automatically that there's Are people a of different races a spectrum? It, yeah, you know, are you born sort of black or are you black? That's right. Are you sort of Caucasian or, you know? Yeah, well, there's a lot of different things. Are Look, you sort uh, of Jewish? Right. Yeah. Well, there's a, there is a observance issue. Um, and some people, I'm talking ethnically, not ethnically, religiously. But whatever, but the know. things that we do, if you, if you view homosexuality as something that, that you do, a behavior, then, uh, and, and we can talk about the other way too, but let's just look at it, you know, like that famous uh, painting of the woman that you can see two different ways. Right? Yeah. It's either a young woman or an old woman, depending on how you look at it. Um, okay, so let's, or, or light, is, is, it a, is it a particle or is it a wave, right? So same sort of thing here. Can you look at homosexuality as a behavior? If you look at it as a behavior, then that spectrum means that you are, um, you know, you're, you choose to, to, to engage only in certain behavior. Uh, on the one end of the spectrum, and then you do the opposite on the other end of the spectrum, and then in between, with, exactly in between, presumably there's the bisexual man and bisexual woman, and they, you know, depending on uh, what uh, week it is, they'll be with a man or they'll be with a woman, but, but you know, by and large, it'll be fifty-fifty in terms of the men and women that they date and have uh, inter um, relations with. Okay, but all that implies choice. That, that, that does. It just, it's like, uh, I like ice cream, right? But do I have ice cream every day? No. I, I have it sometimes. And there's a lot of choice involved in that. I really like ice cream. <laughs> I like almost all the flavors of ice cream. And you put an ice cream in front of me, my, I'll be very desirous of that ice cream. But how often I engage in, in eating ice cream is another story altogether. So that's the behavior side of it. Yeah. Okay. And also, so a lot of times people ignore the behavior from the external perspective. Right. In the Holocaust, Hitler mm. didn't give a, a or Hitler's men, if he truly didn't know about it, like right. Obama and the IRS, didn't give the victims a choice to right. say, "Oh, I'm not one of them Jews. I'm or gays or I mean, gay or, or, gays or, uh, or undesirable or." Uh, retarded or yeah. undesirable, or whatever. Yeah. No, they didn't have a choice. The old, you know, saying we heard in Hebrew school is if they were one thirty second Jewish, 
gas chamber yeah. for them. They didn't have a choice. Right. They were born that way. Right. And the choice was made for them by someone else who determined right. their right. birth. Right. So the the point you're making about they want it both ways as a grievance group is on the one hand people are making the argument uh, there's these spectrums and these choices and these moods I'm in and what candles mm-hmm. are being lit and what incense is being burnt makes my olfactories cause my brain to go this way that, this right. evening. But if you're truly a grievance group right. deserving of special privileges and considerations by society, you have to, by definition, not have a, had a choice to become what it so is true. you're a member of. Yeah, uh, that's, that's very true. Let's look at, at the other way of looking at it instead of a behavior approach. Look at it from a standpoint, of the, which the other thing is, it's what I am. It's a, it's a physiological approach. Yeah. Um, to quote it, Lady Gaga, born that way. Born that way. So you're born that way, and yet the people that are born that way may be born a certain way. They have that a predilection, you know, for to be homosexual all the time. Sometimes, never, right? It's it's one of you know one of those different permutations. Well, how does that how does that look like? How does that genetic uh, aspect of somebody look like in in the genes? They, they certainly haven't found it in the genome project, one way or the other. What what is it specifically? Is there a certain extra level of hormone that has come into play in the womb? What, what, we don't know, right? It's just, but let's just say it's biological. And uh, anyone out there who is uh, who considers himself gay through and through, and and you know they they know that they it's just as natural to them as as being heterosexual is to us. So, but nevertheless, nevertheless, um, how do you explain? the fact that there are bisexuals, people who truly feel a desire to be both with men and women. How do you, I, it, the only way to explain it at the, at the end of the day for me is that there is a, a great degree of choice out there. I'm not saying that when, when we talk about uh, gay people don't have choice, that that's what, who they are. We're actually just talking, and this is my point folks, we're actually talking about a very small group of the gay world who are truly um, so on that one end of the spectrum that it is uh, revolting to them to be to, to engage in a heterosexual act, just like it is maybe revolting for us or just alien to us. Revolting is too strong a word. Is alien to us to engage in a in, a, in an act with another man. Um, but that's what we're talking about. So that, that's all we're seeing. And uh, that it misses the entire spectrum that everyone else is talking about. And that's a huge issue. So there's a lot of choices involved, is what I'm trying to say, in that entire line of people. It's kind of like when you pull back uh, on so many photos, you can, you know, at the Arab-Israeli conflict, you, you can focus on just one little child, for example, dealing with an, an Israeli soldier. And you can see... Name and, Muhammad al-Dura. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, but, but 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 then you pull the camera back, so to speak, and you'll see that the fact, movie set, the, the movie lights. set, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, <laughs> the, 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 the stage champion. The stage champion, yeah, exactly right. And 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 other Arabs and uh, people taunting uh, that one Israeli soldier, yeah. and he's actually surrounded by, and he's about to be killed. So you 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 miss the entire picture sometimes, and and I think we're missing a little bit of the picture, and we're not having an honest discussion. Uh, I'm not saying that, and please, folks. And by the way, this is a different issue yeah. than same-sex marriage or any of that. This is totally this different. This is entirely about whether or not 
people are making a choice to be this way or whether they aren't. Right. And, the, and what and, are and, the ramifications right. of and, it? And please, folks, do not interpret this podcast for a moment to say that there's anything uh, evil with homosexuality, anything wrong with it, any, anything deviant about it. Uh, we are not talking about that at all. I don't think Ari or I think that way. What we are saying, however, is we should have an intellectually honest discussion about it. And to say that it is never a choice, see, that, that's, that's a false argument because there is choice involved in it. Certainly for some, it's so clear as day that they cannot uh, have relations with the opposite sex. I understand that. But for a great many of them uh, who do engage in homosexual behavior, it is a choice. It is. So, um, and we need to be honest. And we're that. not speaking of it in, in negative judgment. No. We're, we're simply asking and evaluating the question based on our observations. Is this or isn't this a choice? Right. And if it's a choice, well, what does that mean? Right. Now, let's go to a less controversial subject because it's not, it's not actually, we're not actually here to talk about only about homosexuality and the choices. That was just one example, actually, about critical thinking and how there's inconsistencies in the way uh, people present uh, their arguments. One is, uh, the other one I want to talk about is global warming. And that's controversial. Uh, but, uh, you know, if you don't believe in global warming, Ari, you're the equivalent of a Holocaust denier. Oh, you know they're that. much worse because you're you're denying the destruction of the entire human race. That's right. Hitler only killed eleven million. That's right, eleven million people. Thereabouts, right? You know, give or take. And that was in the past, after all. And right. Now, and yeah. now we're talking about the future. So you, you're contributing by your your uh, utter ignorance yeah. and your negligence your on the subject. Ignorance emits more carbon than an SUV. <laughs> That's right. So so here's the problem. Um, the problem for the global warming enthusiast, shall we say, is that they... You need to start that as a magazine. <laughs> global warming enthusiast. enthusiast right. Monthly. <laughs> yeah, it'll... The circulation, too. No, no, that well, actually, was... Actually, you know, This is West L.A. That's a good point. Yeah, that's true. You know. I'll clean up in West L.A. Uh, look, the, 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 the fact is, if you actually ask a, a global warming uh, supporter, what... Uh, why do you believe it? They will always say the same thing because a bunch of experts said so. That's what they say. Right. Um, and then you'll say, okay, wait, wait, never mind the experts. I presume, Mr. Believer, that you, uh, you've looked at some reports, so you, you, you've taken this very strident position to the effect that uh, if I don't believe what you believe, that I'm a Holocaust denier equivalent. So tell me, what, uh, what actually is it? I mean, that's, that, those are pretty strong words. Right. So tell me what it is that so convinces you and how, how clearly stupid I must be to not see this clear evidence. I mean, in the Holocaust denial situation, uh, I, I, could, I could present that easily. I could say, well, we, we have thousands of witnesses and they've been taped and I've seen their tattoos and I don't believe conspiracies. So they would have to all be conspiring in this incredible concoction of a story. And, of course, there's the video, the, the, the films, you know. Showing and, of the, course, the since we're both Jewish, there's our missing relatives. Right. But you can, you can all, exclude that because right. that's prejudicial, personal, right, right. anecdotal. We, we, we have the actual Nazis who, who were actually, right. uh, you know, yeah, confessing. Uh, and, and it goes on and on like this. I mean, you know, and Germany as a country, as a whole, acknowledges their horrible crimes. But so, so it's, it's too easy to refute that. But 
But there's no equivalent of that in the global warming scene. So if, you, if you're going to accuse us of being a Holocaust denier, then please, by all means, present us with the evidence that you think is so clear as well, day. Well, one thing, you are a man in, who believes in a Prager-esque level of accuracy. So just for accuracy, so let's, let's devil's advocate this just a little bit and say we're talking specifically about anthropogenic global warming yes, caused by man. Yeah. Okay, Is there global warming? I don't know. But I can guarantee man isn't causing it. But right. if you were to say I'm a I'm a promoter of man caused global warming, where's the evidence? Right. Now you've even narrowed it. Yeah, uh, yeah, but, but they, they don't more. they don't care. They'll they'll laugh at you for for making narrowing distinctions. They they think they, they know what they mean. Oh, they called me Do a it. homophobe for even suggesting yeah. you global warming was caused by men. That's how that's how the Brentwood, um, you know, right. elitists have their. Um, okay. Th- th- yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. So now, you, you know, they know what they mean. We know what they mean. They're saying that that uh, that man is responsible. That's you know. So we we can get down into the weeds as much as we like about it. But the reality is that's we at least both understand what the other is saying in that department. It is man-made global warming because they, they would have to intellectually agree that if it's. It doesn't matter. Let's, the point is that they will never present the evidence except to say that a lot of other people are saying right. it. So that, right. So that's a self-referencing system that uh, you, know, you, you forget who started the, the rumor, so to speak, in the first place. And it's, it's like I remember once when um, – Yeah, but it's always, well, 99% of the scientists. I know, but, but, they, but yeah. it's a self-referencing system. You're right. Let me, let me tell you a story. When I was, I was in business school. And I was an RA in one of the big dorms there. And unlike other schools, unfortunately, RAs also had a little bit of a policing uh, role as well. So we would have to do kind of patrols of the hallway, uh, of, of all the hallways, go up and down. There was, there was eight floors, and we'd go up each one. Like this. Uh, one day, um, with, um, with my fellow RA, we did in duos, I, we got a call through the walkie-talkie, and we heard... That there was um, there was a man who was uh, going around the hallways, and he looked very menacing. And oh, oh, would you describe him? We asked. Well, he's black. Yeah, he's about such and such tall. And and um, and we and we say, okay, all right, you know, so that we had somebody to look at, look for. And so we went up the stairs. We went running up and down. And then they, and then he said, okay, he's right near you. He's he's on the sixth floor. So we went up to the sixth floor. Uh, and then, oh no, he's now now he's on the no now he's on the fifth floor. He's going up to the sixth floor. And it turns out that the person was talking about my fellow RA who was black, <laughs> the one who was patrolling. So she was actually talking about him. He was chasing himself, so to speak. And eventually, you forget why it was. In a sense, we're we're chasing our own tails in the same in the same way with global warming. Nobody, there's not one main scientist, unless you want to call Al Gore that scientist. Who's actually presented the you know graphs and everything else and to say and showing how irrefutable it is? There are a lot of different voices kind of trying to say it, but these scientists, quote unquote, are a lot of them are dentists, a lot of them are people who are in medicine uh, or involved in science that have nothing to do with global warming or the warming of the earth or climate at all. They have other, they're scientists in some other regard. So um, no one can, can and, and you ask them how how. How, uh, how much water are we going to be under in the next 50 years? Give me an example. And then they'll say, well, I don't know. Well, wait a minute. 
but it could be but it could, 100 miles of water. That's right. Straight up and down. Straight up. Never mind. It's impossible yeah. to get that. Yeah. But, but, but certainly you would agree, look, if, if water is only going to go one one-hundredth of a millimeter in the next 100 years, you'd agree with me that that probably is not so important then. Right? Oh, well, I think no. it's more than that. Ask the people in the Seychelles. Right. <laughs> I think it's going to be more than that. Okay, yeah. fine. So, so is it three millimeters? Is it what, – what, what is it that you – I mean, clearly, you must know. We, you want us to change – Oh, they could more accurately define sexual harassment in the workplace. Yeah, of course. You know, it's – as another floating point liberal issue. Right. They cannot define this. They can't define it. At all. Everything's a floating point. Right. And uh, you ask – I ask every single global warming enthusiast, as I say, uh, have you heard of the little ice age? And they'd say, what's that? They don't know what it is. They don't message. know. They, yeah. They've never heard of it. I just realized something. You know who these scientists are, 99% of them? Mm -hmm. The idiots doing weather on TV. Yeah. You know, the, the, the game show hosts like Pat Sajak? Right. Used to be weatherman. Yeah. Right? I didn't know that he was a weatherman. But, no, but he used to do weather on uh, CBS. I believe two. you. But the point is, remember that old joke about you know weathermen not being accurate? Right. And that old joke, well, what's a weatherman? A failed game show host? You know, Fritz Coleman, stand-up comedian, doing weather on NBC right. for the last 20 years. These are now the scientists who all agree on the same thing. And they have no scientific training other than maybe a high school uh, test they passed that showed they know how to connect isobars together. Right. Or, you know, but so what? Well, you know. Being liberal means you can say whatever crazy theory you want and uh, no one will hold you accountable. Right. It doesn't it. matter how wrong you are. Doesn't matter. Yeah. No one will ever. Yeah, make and you, you and you say, point it out to them, and they they will never say, "Well, it's not a big deal." Well, this is the real one, and and that that was right. The best one the, was when I confronted someone in the Brentwood Country Mart about uh, Jones, I think that right. guy's name, in the East Anglia Climate Research Unit when the uh, Climate Gate emails broke in two thousand nine. Oh yeah, and it's oh well, he's just one scientist, right. Okay, so one scientist of the 99% that are all agreeing that global warming is real is falsifying the numbers, and like Gosnell is the only abortionist who's killing babies out of the womb. Oh, I see, yeah. It's just the tip. He's the only, he's the one who went rogue. He's the lone wolf. Right. Yeah, that's right. You know, it, by your logic before, when 99% of them all agreed, by that logic, you should conclude that all of them are lone wolves. Right. Like... That's right. Jones or Gosnell right. or yeah, whatever. But when, but when it comes to a, a Republican senator or a congressman. Who, yeah, one well, Republican well, senator well, taps his foot in a men's room bathroom. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> All of them are bathroom <laughs> foot tappers. Thank you for taking away my steam on that <laughs> Sorry. <issue. yeah. laughs> he gets very animated, folks. Pardon him. But here's another thing. I, I, I Let say. me add him. <laughs> I say to my friends who believe in pure evolution, the people that I'm most fascinated with are the ones who believe in God. And they're serious believers in God. They don't have to go to church all the time, but they believe in God. And then they also believe in pure evolution. And I say to them, do you believe, you know, people who would, you know, challenge me on, on evolution. I say, or they say that they believe in pure evolution. And I say, do you believe in God? And they say, yes, I do. And I say, now, how does that work? I mean, let, let me, let me understand this correctly. So God had no hand in, in things. So what happened was, a random thing happened, life on the planet, and then it evolved, and we had free will and all that stuff. And then God was, uh, oh, turned around and saw this all happening. He goes, well, okay, well, now that we're here, uh, I guess I better uh, intervene from time to time. I mean, is that, is that, how, 
that, that doesn't strike me as realistic. It, it's that it's that old thing that you said a little while ago. If they'd only think that one more step through, because they're essentially they're saying a random act of revolu- of evolution created right. God. That's right. Then God created this thing. Right. Then he sat down in the bleachers and it evolved. Right. So there's God. There's evolution. See, both are working together. <laughs> and you're like, wait a minute. It makes no. sense. it really makes no sense. That that's one thing. I, in, in a sense, I respect the atheist who believes in pure, pure evolution more, only because it's more consistent. But still, um, I, you know, I, I appreciate the, the believer in God because they at least have a sense of uh, a beginning of things. Now, also on, a, on the evolutionary scale, I ask people say, okay, so evolution for you that means survival of the fittest and so forth, right? So everything that we see here is basically a result of survival of the fittest and this machine that we call the human body with its millions and millions and millions, if not billions of permutations and different aspects. That is, each of them is a function of survival of the fittest, right? Yes. Okay. How long do you think it takes for each of these things to manifest themselves? I mean, let's say having two eyes is a function of, of survival of the fittest, right? You know, if we used to have one eye. Oh, that's right. There's no fossil record that's showing one eye. But, but I digress. <laughs> let's say you that's have a good one, point, right? Well, let's say we went from one eye to two eyes because two eyes is better than Why one. Why haven't we done three eyes? In this yet? crazy 3D world of ours, two eyes you can see stereoscopically, and you cannot do so with one eye. Got it. Understood. How long does such a thing take? People talk about survival of the fittest, right? But how long does it take to get to that? Is it one year? Probably not. Is it one generation? No. Is that 15? a thousand years? Is it a thousand generations? Is it, is 10, it 10,000 10, years? years? Because if it takes 10,000 years, which is probably a reasonable amount of time to go Probably from, a lot more than that. Uh, we're right. But you run out of time real fast. That's right. That's, if that's the Earth work. is the four billion years old, these great scientists who don't believe right. in God say it is, right. versus the five thousand years that the ignoramus Marco Rubio says it is right. because he believes in God. Right. Well, their evolution has run out of time a long time ago. That's my point. That's exactly my point. They've never done the math on this. Yeah. Each of these things requires, and and some of them on top of each other, not right. not simultaneously. Yeah. Right. So okay. Well, now that we've figured out the eyes. Now let's go for a you know double nostril for the emphasis on smell. Yeah, or, smell is important to yeah. smell fire and things like that. Yeah. You know dangerous things. So those people will survive also. Never mind, of course, all the other things that don't intuitively make sense. With, yeah, with, spiny with, lobster with no claws, main lobster with claws. How does this compute? How long did that take? Right. Or how <laughs> about or how about a sense of humor? You know, did 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 the one caveman survive better because he was he was funnier than the other? No. Doesn't make any sense, right? Um, so, or, or beauty, a, a, an aspect, a sense of beauty. Where does that come? Or free will, for that matter. Animals don't have free will, and, and they survive. So, uh, it, putting that all together, all let's assume that you're only talking about things that were truly necessary to survive. You have to add them. They're cumulative. They're not concurrent. They're cumulative of right. each other. So you're talking about. I think millions and billions and billions and billions, of, way more billions than what of light years light you're years. talking about. Yeah. Not a couple billion years from ball of dust to solidified Earth, right? To cities right. and electricity. You're talking. Yeah. You no, one, no, no one does the math. That's the thing. Yeah. Like how how long did it take us to get to this? You know, to a human form like this. Well, uh, it, it took us. You know, the, we think of ourselves, the humans, as we as we have. It's basically been around for. You know, 50,000, 60,000 years. 
Yeah. Well, it just it, even it, and even if we evolved from the apes. Yeah. I mean, it, it you would. Never mind. There's no fossil yeah. record well, whatsoever. Well, the, the dinosaurs disappeared something like 65 million years. 65 ago. million. Okay, that's right. So, since that when that comet hit the Earth and wiped out the age of reptiles, right. giant reptiles, giant. and the age of mammals dawned in the mm-hmm. aftermath of that nuclear winter, you're saying in 50 million years we evolved from little mouse to this, right? With what you're saying about the, the concurrent evolution, yeah, even if it, you take 50 it, million, it does it can't compute. Right. It's simply, you know, people don't think that's true. Yeah, it would be, it would be more accurate to hypothesize that our ancestors came in a spaceship right. from somewhere else. Right. That is a more reasonable <laughs> argument. As as crazy as that one is. Right. It, and and by the way, if you wanted to play, and it, and it only pushes back the ultimate question of where those where those people, yeah. But if you wanted to just play that game, there you could actually find more evidence for that than the other. Right. The Incas, how did they do that? Right. That's pretty good stonework without lasers. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm not saying they are, but there's more evidence to support that. Right. Just if you think it through a few steps, it's fascinating. Um, and people don't take that one extra step. And, I, and, and, this, and that's what you mean by critical theory, uh, thinking. It's not being critical no. of all things. It's thinking critically one more step and saying, step. is this uh, sexual identity's choice or a birth choice? Right. Is, is global warming truly this thing that's going to you know, drown us all, drown Mount Everest, or right. is this all a lie or somewhere in between? Bingo. And that's why we call this this particular podcast uh, "Take One More Step," because uh, it, that's where the fun lies. You take one more step and say, "Is it so?" Uh, my uh, my other show the other day, I, I was talking about the, the the benefits of doubting, loving to doubt, and um, and and in there you have so much fun because you you ask yourself, "Okay, well, wh- at the end of the day, you'll, you 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 deconstruct where." Where things are, we are in, an, in in a sense we are living in an age of deconstruction right now. We're tearing down marriage, right? It's, it's one example. We're tearing down the distinction between men and women. We're tearing down faith in God, and which ultimately should cause us to take the one step to say, "Well, what is the value of marriage? What is right. what is the value of God? What, what is the value it, of religion?" Those on the left constantly say. Mm-hmm. A such and such species will be wiped out if we don't do something. Right. And what will the world be like without the three-eyed tree skipper? Right. But they never ask the question, what will society be like without right. one man, one woman marriages and oh, families yeah. based on yeah. the nuclear unit? That's right. They, they, they love the ecosystem you know, when it comes there was to... A, I was looking at the National Sorry, Geographic in, in your office while I was waiting for you today. Mm-hmm. And there was some article, or maybe it was in LA Times or somewhere, I saw... Uh, Australians working to save the rarest dolphin in the world. Now, there are a lot of dolphins in the world, but for some reason, this one dolphin that's slightly different in species than all others, if this one disappears, all hell will break loose on, right, loose right. on planet Earth, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. There are tremendous consequences to yeah, that. Yeah, horrible consequences. But, uh, but, but the institution of marriage, eh. <laughs> you guys are uh, overthinking yeah, this. Traditional family, <laughs> saving kids' innocence before teaching them graphic sexuality in elementary school. Right. Those, who cares? But it, but it forces us, you know, to, to be in an age. I mean, I, we have to re-educate ourselves and also other people about some basics. Basics about uh, why capitalism works, for example, why uh, good and evil 
uh, why evil has to be fought and why good has to be promoted. Um, you know, that people are basically not good, that they, they, they have self-interest. We have to reteach over and over again, God knows why, that communism is a failed ideology. Well, you know what I think it is? I think it's this. People are having are less likely to have children now because they're less likely to live a traditional lifestyle. Right. Because I had children, and I think you who had children before me discovered, is when you have a child, they know nothing. Yeah. Uh, other than the instinctual, give me milk, give me air. Right. Other give than me the instincts, they know right. nothing. But everything about the world, like for instance, it's a mind blowing thing. Remember the saying in the, like the 1970s days, who hasn't seen Star Wars? Mm-hmm. Right? Because everyone except my grandma saw Star Wars. Then one day I'm over at my grandparents' house, and guess what? It's like 15 years after Star Wars was in theaters. They were showing Star Wars on TV. Grandma even saw Star Wars. Who? So who hasn't seen it? Well, my children, who are one and three, guess what? Haven't seen Star Wars. There's right. going to be a time when we're going to sit down and watch Star Wars. Right. Okay? Right. Meaning all knowledge in the world will need to be passed on to them in right. some form or some portion of it. And, and, and with respect to Star Wars, you'll be passing on that knowledge over and over and over again. Right. And hopefully <laughs> the original they'll, version. They'll have to see it over and over right. again. Right, but not the... Not Can the, we see it again, Daddy? Right, not the adulterated, <laughs> digitized aberrations. No, but no. The, okay, but that's just an example. But the point is, I think the reason people are forgetting lessons about communism and tyranny and good and evil and capitalism is because... Fewer people are having children who are the leaders of society, the, the people who used to make up the yeah, pillars of society, so they're less needed, needing to pass on the, the black and white moral lessons oh, to I someone see. else, I, and I, thus relearn it themselves. I, I agree to some extent. I, I would take it one step further, as it were. And, uh, you actually, and your critical thinking. That critical thing. Uh, you know, the, I think there's a, a, a concerted effort to, toward ignorance, a concerted effort, because the last thing they want to teach children is actual history, because history uh, leads inexorably to conservatism, because you would know, if you studied history, even the past hundred years, forget about American, uh, the American independence. No, you're talking Greek history, Roman history, yeah. uh, Middle Eastern, you Egyptian. Would see, you would see the Jewish, same patterns yes. develop over and over again, how people routinely have failed uh, when it comes to uh, greed, when it comes to power, the abuses of power, you would you would understand very clearly. Or stamping out evil when it was easy to contain versus letting it fester and grow sure. until it became calamitous. And yet we do it over and but over I'm, again. But I'm talking. We repeat our I'm talking within the family, not in the education. Yes, no, I, I agree. So, I agree. Uh, and that's your point. So they are in both areas. Yes, in both. I'm, yeah. I'm saying it's not just what you said. It's also in addition. There's a concerted yes. effort. They work hand in hand, and it's it's really unfortunate. Um, for, and, and also, but that's, that's the why. Right. That's the why. I'm simply saying we are living in an age of deconstruction where we now, you and I, we conservatives, anyone conservative listening out there, is forced into a position where they have to explain such basic things. Why do we believe in God? Yeah. Why? Two plus two <laughs> equals four. Right. Oh, uh, I don't agree with but, that. But, 99% of scientists. But I'm, I'm going to give some examples, and Ari, please chime in. Um, I'm going to give like four examples that come to mind right away of things that I find myself explaining that are I, I think are so basic. Right. Okay, here, they, here you go. That democracy works. Communism never works. Uh, that that uh, power is always abused if you don't have checks and balances. And uh, that without God... Uh, the world ultimately collapses into moral decay. 
Okay, those are four things. And I have to explain this over yeah. and over And those again. are those things hey, are like I thought they were wet. Yeah. Sky blue. Right. Fire hot. To fire hot. <laughs> and to get toothpaste out of the tube, you squeeze. That's right. You squeeze. That's, yeah, that's the how-to manual. <laughs> right. Oh, and to spell cat, C-A-T. Right. <laughs> right. Well, give, me, give me other examples, because uh, I just gave four. Maybe I've taken some of them, but uh, taken the ones that you were going to think about. But there's so many other areas that I, I feel like, for example, oh, here's another one. Um, you know, bullies will, let, will continue to bully you until, until, you, until you stop them. That's yeah. it. That, you know, you have to explain this stuff. Uh, here's another one. Only you can save you. Right. When the government steps in to save you, if it, they even save you, it's only temporary and it will inevitably wreck you. Right. Only you can save you. Right. Uh, uh, what, I, I, I have another one. Uh, I have to explain why boys like guns. And why girls like dolls. And why boys <laughs> like girls. Right. And, and why, why girls, girls like, like boys. boys. Yes. <laughs> and That's why, right. oh, and here's the real big one. And why boys with guns like girls with dolls, and girls with dolls tend to like boys with guns. Right, right. They, they, they like that. Right, it's a whole circle of life but, there. But here's, but here's, part of this deconstruction process is actually interesting and rewarding. Because one of the questions that I found myself asking myself during this whole marriage debate the gay marriage debate, again, regardless of where you want it, 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 does, it definitely makes you wonder, oh, why is it that there is a man and a woman necessary to create a child, right? I mean, why, why did God make us this way? Why did God say, okay, if you want to have a child... Why didn't God make us breathe like cherry trees where a branch falls off and... Boom, boom. But exactly. I was, or, or if you'd like to be even more science fiction about it, that we just uh, grab, maybe spit on the ground... And uh, and then put some oats on it, and it grows like a plant. Or gremlins, water. Yeah. Right. You know. Well, why not? That way, we just clone each other all the time. Yeah. And uh, boy, would, that would be a hell of a lot more productive. Oh, way. The, I would if, clone if, myself more than anyone else. The world would be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> right. But okay, so so begs the question, right? And then the answers start coming, right? The answers start coming because it, you realize, wait a minute, I I God want each child to be raised by. A man and a woman, because a man provides something that a woman cannot, and vice versa. Um, I want the I want a certain uh, nurturing to going uh, going on, a protection, and I also want a certain sense of adventure going on. I want two people to bring in different ideas uh, to the child, and the child to choose and to understand that his parents don't always agree with each other. I want hunting and gathering and basket weaving. There you go. <laughs> I want I want killing and cuddling. Right. I want, you know. It goes on and on. But it's an interesting thing that you, there, there's a reason for this. There is a reason. It, it, no matter what you say, ultimately at the end of the day, a, a child can only be born as a result of, right? Good for today at least, as a, as a product of a sperm and an egg. And eggs only come from ladies and uh, sperm only come from men. That's, that's the way it is. So let's not fool ourselves and uh, pretend that this is not the way it is. It is this way. And we have to ask ourselves why. Right. And adoption is not an unnatural thing. No, not at all. Why do you think childless families, you know, all myth and legend, wind up with a child in, you know, in the uh, archetypical stories of, you know, our, yeah. our species? Because whether it's the son of, or daughter of a man and woman, or it's the adopted child of a man or woman, the whole idea of man and woman right. being the... Duality of parents. Right. 
Right. I, I, I'm going to conclude this segment by talking about the Bible. The Bible is not just a uh, lesson book, right? I mean, it is a lesson book in many ways, but it's not just a, a series of rules. It's, in fact, a series of stories, all of which tell their own tales and provide valuable lessons and guidelines. To put it simply, there are a bunch of stories that make a point they make about a point. stuff. Yeah, make a point. <laughs> right. And, and we, we learn it over and over again because there's so much that can be learned about it. And yet, in, in our society, which now has rejected the Bible, and let's face it, they have rejected the Bible, um, we are, they are relearning, they have to relearn the same things that people who have embraced God and have embraced the Bible know very well. They know the basics. And, if, learning and out even there. if they haven't read the Bible personally, the, the basic stories that you hear, Genesis, Adam and Eve, uh, you know, Lot's wife, uh, right. Abraham on the mountain set the binding of Isaac, you know, the basic right. ones. I had a, you I, can learn just so much common sense from the basic ones. Right. I had a storyteller once tell me a story about uh, whether or not um, uh, violence is within somebody or w whether it's uh, their natural, what's their natural instinct, as if it was the first time anyone had asked that question. And I said, have you ever read the Bible? <laughs> right. I mean, it's full, this, is, this is the ultimate question in the Bible. You know, uh, you know, are we good? The, the conclusion that's come resoundingly, no, we are right. not naturally good. Are we good? good? Are we, we perfect? Good. Are we decent? Right. You know, and and, 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 and yeah. these are the questions that the Bible answers, and, or at least helps you see via stories about what, what person did what, you know, to, to the other. And uh, you can learn from this. And why, why would you not want to embrace such wisdom and to learn from those stories? And even if you don't believe in God, just, you know, you don't have to believe in God to, to love the Bible. You can, you know, certainly we, we, we read um, Shakespeare's uh, Hamlet and we learn from Hamlet. We know that the Hamlet, uh, you know, he, he hesitates and as a result of that, he dies. And terrible things happen because of his hesitation to be or not to be, right? Um, but we all know it's not a true story, but you wouldn't say pshaw. Hamlet. It didn't really happen. No, because <laughs> Therefore, we know like I, the Bible, I, it's happened a million different times in different ways in which uh, the story of Hamlet is the archetypical example. That's right. Where it's a superlative, specific example right. that embodies all of the right. real life examples. And not only that, but it's a language that we can all speak. Yeah. You know, presumably, and in the old days, you were, you, you were considered not even uh, refined, um, just somebody who, had, who basically had basic ground foundational level of understanding when you spoke the language of the bible you can you could say well just like when david did such and such king david you know, he, you know beheaded the uh, the goliath uh, to 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 commit to the death this is what we need to do so you you had a common parlance uh, with with whoever you were speaking to you know if i if i if I talk to somebody who doesn't know anything about the Bible, I have to explain the story. <laughs> you have to yeah. say, and that's what we learn from that. And they don't, they, they don't have their own definition about it. Listen, we are talking about relearning. We are talking about deconstructing. We're talking about um, how, uh, you know, these funny inconsistencies that go on. And they all boil down to one basic theme, which is that people fail to ask what's next. They fail to dig deep and to really kind of see the underbelly of things and, and ask that one extra question. Take the next step. Um, boy, I love this topic, and uh, I wonder where we are going next, as it were. Well, if people just listen to us, it's fine. <laughs> right? Just do as we say. <laughs> Enjoy Wilco. Well,